Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a hump day. It is Wednesday, February the 22nd, 2023. And of course, it is Dave Sturgio. It is Chris Gucci. And of course, it's A5. Anthony behind the glass right here at Chop Studios. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Chris, how we doing, buddy? We're good. Yeah, I'm doing well. I got a little bit of the bubble guts action. Ah, yes, morning. nervous. I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's not our first very, rodeo. Very, very nervous to do the NBA show today. <laughs> no, so, yeah. So. Not a lot of, again, I know everybody's struggling right now with the lack of NBA. There's no NFL. The MLB is not active yet. There is some college basketball stuff, though, so if you definitely want to Go look into that. I mean, I think that some of the games last night were very, very good, according to the Twitterverse. Uh, I follow a lot of uh, Texas people, so a lot of people are into the Texas schools, so I guess they're doing well, or they're not doing well. Either way, um, I think that it's what? No, I have no there's like 81 Texas Well, I know, but, but Texas Tech, I have a, a, one of my followers, a big Texas Tech fan, so she like goes ham on all Matt of like McClung? the literally the play-by-play. Where did he go? He was at Georgetown and Texas Tech. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's cool because actually, you know what? I did see a couple of videos of him. He's starting to become this phenom all of a sudden. Like, I know he won the dunk contest, which is great, but I he, think he's he, starting to really he was, take on a star he, he of his got, own. He caught national attention when he was in high school. He has one of the best, if not the best, uh, high school mixtape of all time. You know how these kids are putting their, oh, their yeah. highlight reels for a huddle in football. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac McClung, look him up. Gate City, bro. I will. He was wearing I, the jersey in the dunk contest. I did see he that. His, I did he see got that. an alley from his high school teammate. That's All pretty cool. cool. Stuff. That's pretty All cool. cool stuff. So that is uh, our our new friend Mac. Um, but look, there's NBA news to get to, and we have to get to it now because of the fact that there is some breaking news as of yesterday. Um, Lonzo Ball is been ruled out or has been ruled out for the rest of the year. Now that's quite interesting. His stock, his long term stock, his career stock went down two point one six percent, which is not crazy. But uh, when you think about it, the grand scheme of things, Chris, are you starting to worry a little bit about the production of Lonzo Ball? Going forward, I mean, like, it's one thing for him not to perform this year, have a couple of the knee issues, all that stuff. But, like, it's starting to make you worry a little bit. I mean, I've been worried. Look, going into the season, there was a lot of clouds surrounding the Lonzo Ball's injury situation. The knee is just not responding to treatment. It's not It's not getting better. Uh, the knee injury isn't even that significant from what my understanding of it is. It's very standard, and by now he should have been back three times over and now they're ruling him out for the season, which just means there's still 30 games. There's plenty of time, and it hasn't responded. What are they going to do? Are they going to surgically repair a knee that doesn't really need surgery? How are they going to figure this out? We're talking about a basketball player here. Mm -hmm. You need your knees to play basketball. Do we ever see Lonzo Ball again? That's bold. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't ever see him again, but it's going to be one of those things where – Think back to like a Grant Hill situation. Lonzo Ball is not even close to the love player Grant, Grant Hill. Hill was, but there was when you when it goes, bro. They were talking about Grant Hill like he was supposed to be. You the don't next have big your knees. Thing. I think Grant Hill's was an ankle situation and then a knee. But this is what ends up happening. You deal with one injury and then you fight, fight. You battle hard to get back, but then you get hurt again. And this is what we're dealing with with Lonzo Ball. Fortunately for uh, Mr. Ball, mm -hmm. Ball, uh, Lavar Ball. He's got another son in the NBA that is he definitely does. worth investing in. So, uh, Mr. Ball, I know he's working with Mojo. And yes, he is. <laughs> he's doing a little bit of uh, promoting. Hey, promote your son. He does no better than anybody at promoting. So I guess oh, it's 100%. a hundred percent big baller brand. There, big baller <laughs> brand heading on over to Mojo and Lamelo Ball is definitely an investment. But Lonzo Ball, I predicted that he was like one of the lowest numbers in the. Um, you asked you me did. that question. You I said, eh, Lonzo Ball. He was like four away. The expectation was never really there going in. 
in my opinion, for going Lonzo. into this season for Lonzo Ball. Yeah. So him being out for the year down 2%. I think that's just that's what the market was expecting. Par so. for the course, as as Chris likes to say a lot. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I actually was going to say. I knew it. See, it's like stopped. it's like we've done a hundred or more of these things, um, or two years worth, really. But now there's also another guy in your screen right now, and he goes by the name of Jacques Vaughn. He is the Brooklyn Nets head coach, and that head coach was just given a multi-year extension. Now, why? Uh, right off the rip, you would have to say Steve Nash fired in November. He's kicked out of town. He's pretty much just banned from Brooklyn altogether. And then you got a guy like Jacques Vaughn who comes in here. He goes 32 and 19 since coming on. So clearly they're winning they're winning games, right? So that's that's not that's not you know the reason why I'm questioning this. But the guys skipped town quick. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden doesn't really count in this situation. Ben Simmons is a non-factor. All of a sudden is it the coach? Because I'm thinking like Durant and either Durant or Irving Went on record said we don't need a coach. We'll coach the team. You know the coaches don't matter. I, which again, yeah, false. We, that's that's not true. But you need a coach. But like, why are these guys all jumping ship like like quick? Because when you agree, and in this case, is kind of how the Nets were formed. When they've agreed to kind of chase this title together, uh, they went after Harden. After you know, Katie and Kyrie, they they joined forces. So the minute one is gone and Harden goes there, they join force. Now they're supposed to win a title together. If you're a star, a KD, a Kyrie, a Harden, you're chasing a title. That's the only thing that you're in the league for at this point. Um, so they're not good enough to do so it on their minute, own? I mean, it's... Because they were together. If we're, if we're, if we're going to have that conversation... Like how many stars the, do you the, need on the, a team to win a the, title? The very direct, and it's, this is not a knock on any of these players. Nobody is winning it alone unless you get a flash in the pan. And even still, you're going to need a... Jason Kidd at the tail end of his career, a Josh Howard playing lights out uh, defense, both and and you know a wing that's hitting threes. And I'm talking about the Mavericks the year they won it, mm. and I'm talking about the Pistons the year they beat the Lakers, where they didn't have a star, but those were just really good teams, and they weren't really dominating year after year. You need stars in this league, and you need multiple stars if you're going to win. So, so I, 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 I don't blame the, the players. I do think it is. Uh, get to your question because mm. I know what you're going to ask. What is it a destination still? How did you know? <laughs> So, um, is is Brooklyn a place to be? Is is it a coaching thing? Is it an upper upper management thing? Because it seems like these guys wanted to get out of Brooklyn so fast, so they couldn't wait to get out of here. So it depends what your reasoning f to go there is. If you if you're going there to be the man, you could potentially change the franchise. But that's around. what Durant so, did. Yeah, but and Durant, that's what Irving Durant, did. Durant is in no interest in changing a franchise around right now. He's almost 40, it seems like. It you seems know? like it. He's not, so but he's almost. He's yeah. at the tail end of his career. He's chasing a title, and that's what these guys do. There's no – look, everybody from our generation likes to point the finger and knock what these guys are doing, but this is just the nature of it. And to be fair, it was the KG, the Ray Allen, and the Paul Pierce that kind of started this whole Three super team yeah, thing. Uh, everyone likes to point at LeBron, but it's just the nature of the sport now. I don't think it makes the Nets not a destination. They still play in New York. Would you rather go to New York or Utah? But think. Would you rather go to OKC or? But think or about Brooklyn? that. What you just so brought up. You brought up the. Reason you brought is. up the super team that the Cleveland and I mean uh, the Miami had. Right. They had three. They had three. It was LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Like those are the guys that were that went out there and won a title. These guys had Durant, Irving, and Harden on the same team at the same time. So if you guys can't combine together and now I know this whole conversation goes back to the coach but like if you can't do it if you, if those three guys can't do it can anybody do it in Brooklyn 
Um, because I'm looking at this free agent class from next year. Kyrie, you can't well, count him. Well, Kevin Love, D'Angelo Russell, who was a former Net. Harrison Barnes, Brooke Lopez, another former Net. These guys don't want to stay in Brooklyn. So I think that the Nets, when they trade away these stars, they're understanding that they're not winning a title next year. They're not winning a title this year. It's, it's basically the understanding. They're, it's just not going to happen. 2024, just to cut you off, Clay, Middleton, Draymond, Harrison Barnes, DeRozan, Van Vliet, they're all free agents, unrestricted. So, like, can you build? But I... I I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm looking at this Brooklyn team, and I'm like, wait, they, well, they, just, had, they just had Harden. They stockpile draft picks. There's a chance that Brooklyn could be a player anytime a big-time free agent mm. is, a, is a pending free agent. Anytime that anybody's entered into these trade deadline talks, the Nets will be involved. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have to wait a little bit for that. But Jacques Vaughn's a good coach. The Clearly, respects yeah. him. LeBron was touting him before the season started. I, I think they're in a good spot. The Nets are playing hotter right now than they were any time with, with this Big three. Surprisingly. And, and conversely, to your point about can anybody win it in Brooklyn? Yeah. I mean, if you took KD right now on the team he's on right now and you just move them to Brooklyn, there's a chance that the Suns win the title. You know, it's that team didn't work in Brooklyn, but a different version of a team with KD would certainly work. So, because you do have a Chris Paul at the end of his career. Yeah. So who do you think right now is the favorites to win? The Suns are. The Suns. I mean, you would think. Right. And guess what? KD is going to get dragged in the media, and he's going to get dragged uh, on social care. media. But guess what else? He might care. He's got guess a burner and stuff. I, I mean, I think that there's points in KD's career that he cared, but I think once you hit a certain point like he's at now, he wants that title. No yeah. Fs given at all <laughs> as far as public perception. But, yeah, so, all right, look, the NBA resumes tomorrow, right? The It's not technically second half. I mean, it's, you know. Verbally, the second half of the season, but there's only like 24 games left or something like that. So it's actually getting down to the to the you know the the, the thinner part of the schedule. When it comes to the Mojo market, is there anybody besides your typical Lucas and the and the, and the guys who would definitely like John Morant and all these guys? I love all these guys, but is there somebody you have an eye on as far as somebody you might want to go long on for at least the remainder of 2023? Yeah, I mean, I have two guys. Um, Brandon Ingram, I think, is one of the uh, guys in the league that just always gets overlooked. He's like a, a cross between almost an AD and a guard. He's a it's little nice bit little smaller hybrid. than AD. He's a very good shooter. Um, I think because he plays on the Pelicans and it's a Zion show over there, even though it isn't, uh, Brandon Ingram kind of slips under the radar. Looking at his stock price, um, man, I had it up, but... <laughs> Yeah, looking at his stock price, 170.52, that's fairly low. He's like right around guys like Draymond. He's only 25 years old. He's averaging 25 and 5, right? What is it? 25, 5 and 5, I believe. Nice. Which is averages. So, hey, look, and the Pelicans are another one of those under the radar teams that nobody really expected to do much as guys left town, but Zion 20, decided 22 to stay. 22 and a half this year. Well, but either regardless. way, that's, you know, that's down from the last two seasons and three seasons ago. He was averaging 25. So he's an offensive problem. Mm. He gets rebounds. A little less than somebody you'd like to see for that size, but I think because he doesn't really mix it up down low, mm. he has potential for a really long career. And then another guy that I think is just completely under the radar, and nobody's talking about him, starting to a little bit, but Alperin Sengun from the Rockets. The Rockets are doing things a little bit different. Like they're trying to lose, it seems like, for years now. Um, <laughs> the minute they traded Harden, I was like, 20 eh. years old. He was the Turkish national team or Turkish whatever their pro-level league is over there. Okay. He was the MVP of the league last year at nice. 20. Now he's averaging 16 and 11 or something like that. So 16 and 10, a double-double a night. Granted, he doesn't have much help over there, but he's lighting it up and he's 20 years old. Anytime you see a 20-year-old able to mix it up down low and get double-double consistently night in, night out, obviously you know the skills that are there. I feel like this guy could be a future MVP. 
Really? We're looking at a guy who's 20 years old and he's dominating the paint. He's 6'11". But do you think um, do you think he can win an MVP in Houston is another thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that might get yeah, overlooked yeah, because of the stars do, in the league. because Jokic... If you're as dominant true, as you Utah, get yeah. to be, if, if you know if he's putting up monster numbers, mm -hmm. which is potential down the line, um, yeah. But this kid's just fun to watch play. He's got skills across the board, legit. I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to the NFL. There's a couple things, a little couple nuggets that decided to pop in overnight. Um, one thing I read this morning, early this morning, was that Brock Purdy has not had his surgery yet because of swelling. Eagles, what did you do to this kid? Like, this could be the end of Brock Purdy, and I don't want to say that or put the Knicks on somebody, but, man, those questions, the questions, at least in San Francisco, are it's Trey Lance or bust at this point because you can't rely on Brock Purdy to come off of basically Tommy John. You know, he might be out for an extended amount of time. I Jimmy G's about to walk out the door. It's a Trey Lance show. It's not a complete tear from what I was hearing that there's they, they don't even really – remember when, uh, when uh, what was it, Tanaka – had a potential UCL sure, situation. Sure, 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 yeah. It was a slight tear. They were opting for rehab instead of surgery, and it ended up he never needed the surgery. Tanaka right. still true. pitching in Japan. So there's a chance they're doing the surgery. Is because, he still pitching in Japan? Yeah. Nice. He was almost considering coming back to the Yankees this year, and we were like, no. Oh, but um, I would have I would have entertained if it. This is a standard thing. Um, the timeline they were saying it was six months, and that was from the time of the injury. That was factoring in the potential two weeks of swell. I think that Brock Purdy is going to be ready for the season. And there's other things that I've seen Brock Purdy doing over the course of the last two weeks since the, he doesn't look like a guy that's struggling. You know, I've seen him out and about. He's been at events doing card signings and things like that. Like, I haven't seen him personally, but I've seen him on the Internet. And Brock Purdy is dapping people up. Looks like he's proceeding as normal. He's just not able to throw a football. Mm. So the swelling you might need is there. To know how to do that. Um, I'm not a doctor. Neither is Dave. But we, we just do, play him on TV. We do analyze injuries and situations like this all the time. So we'll do our best. But I have no clue what the swelling looks like. I don't know about it's how, really how large, it's actually. going to be detrimental long term. <laughs> I don't know. I just um, I, I read that article today, and it's just you have to raise some flags if you're the 49ers, and if it's a Trey Lance show, fine. Let it be. It's but like, do you have to entertain the fact that you might need to go and find yourself a veteran? Like, if the doctor's like, hey, hey, it's still a little more swollen than we'd like it to be. Um, not a problem. You know, maybe just rest it, ice it a little bit more, and come back next week. When the swelling goes down, we'll do the surgery. And the coaches are like, hey, what, what does this mean for everything? The doctor's like, nothing. No, we're good. It's just swelling. But the reporter grabbed it, yeah, ran exactly. with it, headlines all over the place. Uh, franchise tag window opened up yesterday. Nobody's been franchise tagged yet from what I've read. Um, there's rumors. Obviously, we talked at length about Daniel Jones, possibly Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Also, Lamar Jackson has been the focal point on a franchise tag, a franchise tag that could be signed and traded away. So there's a lot of, lot of rumblings about Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore. And look, when you look at Lamar Jackson... You see a superstar. He's a former MVP. He can run like the wind. He can make moves that only in, you can do in Madden, right? Like, the, the, the guy's a star, right? His throwing ability, I've always questioned it, but he has dropped in some dimes that I'm just like, damn, how did he make that throw? But Lamar Jackson right now, if he is on the market, then you, as a franchise, have to do your due diligence to get this dude in your facility. I'm talking to Atlanta. I'm talking to the Jets if they fail on Rodgers and Carr. I'm talking to those teams. I'm talking to the Panthers. I'm talking to the teams that need a quarterback. You're, you're adjusting your system around Lamar Jackson. The Colts, like, who knows? But what I'm saying is Baltimore would be absolutely silly to get rid of this guy now, I mean, he wants all this guaranteed money. I don't get think Justin he gets Fields all that money. And that's the way you want to go with it, and and you just want a running quarterback that can't throw. And the, I think Lamar is way better than Fields, but it's a good reset without having to spend all the money. 
and not having to change it up too much. I've I mean, you got to spend the money. He's going to want guaranteed money out the wazoo, bro. I'm saying that if you're the Ravens, you could you could trade for Justin Fields. The Bears would oh, do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I can guarantee. That's he's on a rookie. Sure. And then you kind of reset, push the reset button, give yourself a little bit more time to figure out if this is the offense you want to work with. Um, but look, as far as a trade candidate for Lamar, I think that's the most the least likely scenario out of everything. Even though there would be teams lining up to get Lamar, mm -hmm. to get Lamar, you have to clearly you're going to have to negotiate a contract with him that's going to be a long term deal. Otherwise, you're going to be in the same exact situation with a quarterback on a franchise tag, giving up two ones to maybe get a player for a, a season that's unhappy and then leaves anyway. Or you use another tag on him. Right. Is it the transition tag? Is that, yeah. is that what you're able to do? Yeah. Right? So giving up potentially two ones and littering and and maybe more <laughs> and the, the guaranteed yeah. contract, I don't know that it makes sense for a team to do that when you have a Derek Carr who is probably going to be worth as many wins as Lamar is. To a team that needs sure. a quarterback, yeah. and is a quarterback I mean, they need away. playmakers over there in Baltimore. By the, the way, Jets will be get the Jets. I think the Jets are a better team with Lamar than they would be with Derek Carr. Don't get me wrong. I think that the Jets being able to keep all their draft capital and sign Derek Carr to a thirty million dollar deal with about thirty three million guaranteed, mm. you know, thirty a year, three years with a third of that guaranteed. I think that's the Carr deal that we're looking at, and then see what you got with his defense and see what you got with the coaching staff. But with Lamar. There's a whole – you're going to have to gut the offense. You're going to have to do everything different. You have Brees Hall, who's the guy that you want to be handing the ball off to. Mm -hmm. I don't think Lamar fits. I just don't. All right. Um, you might be wondering why there's a specific couple players on the screen right now besides Lamar Jackson, uh, one of them being Anthony Richardson. Now, I know that's uh, that's Anthony's boy over there, the Florida Gators quarterback. Um, is there a reason why he's being touted or at least – like? mocked a couple times into yeah. the first round i saw one mock there's he's reasons. the first overall pick there's reasons um and that's egregious <laughs> it's the same reason why malik willis was was touted at certain points in the offseason process that being a potential guy that could maybe sneak in in the combine and take over with a good combine look this is what everybody does they get not everybody but quarterbacks especially they're going to run the the 15 minutes of fame gauntlet right right now it's richardson i mean i'm well, looking I, at I, I watched a lot of richardson last year sitting with the sauce network and when i tell you that he's a decent running quarterback he's got a pro probably a really good arm but he makes bad decisions with the football consistently and in the nfl first pick overall athletic quarterback haven't we proven that this isn't going to get it done you, you need a guy that's going to be able to stand in the pocket as well as break the pocket and and get some legs with his yard uh, yards with his legs as well but i'm not taking richardson first overall I'm not even taking him in the first round I'm so sorry, yesterday I'm not doing it. on top of richardson too much talent. yesterday was a big bet on on mojo on the market there was a one thousand dollar long bet on a tanner mckee the quarterback of stanford now after, after everything I read about him, and I did some deep dive on him, um, he has snuck in to the first round in some mocks. Now, look, the dude's 6'6", 230. The prototypical build for a prototypical quarterback. If you're sitting in there in the pocket and you're delivering and you're slinging it around. Now, I'm not saying you're going to yeah, be the... Yeah, it's like Justin Herbert. Yeah, he's a big boy, right? Um, he's His stats are not... I, I For him to, to catch wind right now, and I know that... When it's February and it's early March, people are going to start touting these randoms that are just like, this is basically the Zach Wilson of this draft, I think. The one that all of a sudden people are starting to latch onto. He's a smart kid, don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> excuse me, but only 13 touchdowns to eight interceptions last year. So he's not like lighting the scoreboard up by any, uh, any stretch. I looked at, ready for this, this is what makes me 
a little timid about your $1,000 bet, um, you know, on this guy, his pro comp is Mike Glennon. So it's just like, okay, cool. So you're a journeyman and you are backing up everybody in the league. It's like, absurd. I, I mean, I, I like that they do the pro comps and I do it all the time. You, that's, you have it's to. It's a natural just least, way to yeah. kind of describe, give somebody an understanding of the type of player this guy is. But yeah. realistically, I mean, you're doing him a disservice. We're talking about here that he's potential uh, first round talent. And then we're saying Mike Lennon. It just all it does is leave the public confused because that's what I am. I am right now. <laughs> now, confused more so by the fact that a guy that's got 13 touchdowns and eight picks will be considered for a first round because of his size. We've seen this. I know you have it in the notes, but this is a very similar situation to a Zach Wilson thing. Like when, when, when you're lining up on the field, he's not playing that well. Granted, he's a quarterback of Stanford. He's a great quarterback, but the, um, the PAC 12 doesn't have the best defenses. Uh, and he didn't be, he wasn't able to light it up. Look at the quarterback play in the PAC 12. I mean, I look right at Stanford right away and their former quarterbacks, you had one of the most prototypical. I'm, uh, I'm just talking about this season: UCLA, uh, USC, uh, and Utah. Those guys forget. all lit it up. There's the quarterback play is uh, abundant in the A, in the Pac-12, and you, everybody's putting up good numbers, but this guy. So first round, no, sorry. Um, I I do hope for whoever made this big bet though that he does. <laughs> yeah, you, you would know, hope. Um, does go up. Do you by any I'm chance know the most notable Stanford quarterback in recent years? Andrew Luck, Davis Mills. <laughs> well, most notable. In recent, uh, recent years. years, like the last couple of years, I knew that Davis Mills went to Stanford, <laughs> but I Mills I don't Mafia, think that he's as involved. notable. So I think that's where the dis- the dispute went. Before we get out of here, I just want to touch on Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0 over the NFL.com. He dropped one. He said he's not doing any trades right now, so he's just basically going BPA, best player available, best fit for the teams. Just to kind of breeze over it real quick of guys you might want to keep your eyes on. Clearly, the the Bears whether they dra- like whether they get a haul for that first overall pick or not. They're looking at Jalen Carter, D-tackle out of Georgia. There's a big boy. Georgia's defense has been stout for how many years in a row? Um, the first quarterback that goes is, in fact, to the Houston Texans. We mentioned Davis Mills before, but it's Bryce Young out of Alabama. So that could possibly happen. Um, again, ones that stand out, the fourth pick, another quarterback goes, and that's C.J. Stroud to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so they're looking for their quarterback of the future. Do they bring back Matt Ryan to kind of guide this kid? I mean, no. okay. So they have no presence outside of C.J. Stroud to be the quarterback and nobody to guide him, nobody to help him, his veteran presence, none. I mean, I think... Want to go good Jacoby Brissett again? That does help, but that's not a requirement. Not a requirement, no, but You know what you do? You hire a good quarterback coach and you're good to go. The Raiders at seven, taking Will Levis. So that's... Could be a thing with the Raiders. They need a quarterback now. They get rid of cars, and you're not unless you're riding with Jared Stidham. That's another situation. And with the seventh pick in the NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select. Yeah, right. Um, I'm looking at here just a lot of defensive players, which is great. One of the first receivers to go. Now imagine this: imagine taking CJ or Bryce Young at two overall, right, and stacking that with the uh, a twelfth overall pick and getting Jordan Addison. Mm. That's I a, want Jordan Jordan Addison. Yeah, so. he is also uh, then obviously the Texans can't have him. Chris wants him for the Packers. Um yeah. Offensive sorry, tackles go, sorry, guys. corners go. They got the they got the Packers drafting a tight end here in Dalton Kincaid and according to Jeremiah Kincaid is one of his favorite players in draft. He's the most dynamic pass catching tight end in this class. Oh. Uh, Did you see the moves that the Packers made? Are these they're not loyal. 
They're not loyal. They got rid of Cobb yesterday. They got rid of Mason Crosby yesterday. They got they terminated all these contracts. Mercedes loyal. Lewis is gone. They are not loyal. Rodgers is out. But, well, I, no, no, no. As soon as they released Cobb, I was like, Rodgers is out. <laughs> Cobb's this guy. There's no way. Mercedes Lewis and Rodgers are like even better friends. It's weird. Best corner in the draft, I think, from everything I've seen. I, again, no defensive players yet on Mojo, but the commanders with Joey Porter Jr. at corner. So that's interesting. Um, and then there's your pick right there at 18th overall. Interesting one. The Detroit Lions take Anthony Richardson, according to this mock draft. And that would be, again, you have Jared Goff. They, they like Jared Goff. They've put their confidence behind Jared oh, Goff. That would be ideal for me. The Lions are like upper trajectory, and then they're going to just, just <laughs> slide. Snipe it. The, the, the GM is going to snipe it. <laughs> snipe all the it. hopes. Oh, you and guys dreams. think we're going to be good soon? Uh, Tampa Bay. Let me see. Anthony Richardson? Tampa Bay. Put him on the board. <laughs> Tampa like, Bay out there drafting the first running back in the class, the guy that – I sort of kind of came around about getting and got flamed on Twitter for wanting a running back in the first round. B. John Robinson mocked here to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, that would be one of the best receivers in, in the draft, I think, is better than a couple of the other guys. Goes to Seattle. Uh, Jackson Smith, Ninjigba <laughs> from Ohio State. One of the greatest ones I've seen in this draft, this class at least. Um, another so like, to me, I feel like the, the guy loses credibility the minute I see a running back get projected to go to Tampa Bay. Why would they How about two tight ends in the first round? Michael Mayer. Why would they pick a Notre running Dame. back? Well, they, they have Rashad White, who like was probably their most successful draft pick, if not one of the linemen, right? Which I don't think it was a lineman because they stunk. I don't know. You're going to take a running back two years in a row? And Apparently this dude out? is, you know, I've seen tape on him, and I'm starting to do some no, deep dives legit. on him. Bichon looks legit. ridiculously good. He's a real deal, legit. But you got Fournette and Rashad White. They just signed Fournette to a deal in the last offseason. Was it one year? No. Or is he out? Oh, he's got two? Yeah, so he's, he's there. Eh, it might be a cap casualty. Those guys are trying to unload some money. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on the trade block right now. People are talking about rumor to get rid to of do, those guys. The best thing to do when you're trying to unload your 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 contracts is to sign a running or to draft a running back high that you're going to have to pay $20 <laughs> million to in three That's years. That's a dig. It's a personal dig. Uh, you can dig us at Mojo by following us on social media right now. Head on over to the Instagram, the Twitter, and, of course, the TikTok at Mojo, at M-O-J-O. Easy to find us. Join the Discord. If you want to start your own mock draft conversation, head on over to Discord. You can do that right there. We can chime in as well. I, you know, us being the experts that we are uh, in this draft already, I'm starting to finally brush up on a lot of the talent going forward. But, again, follow us on there. Over there on Mojo, the app itself. You can't do any of this stuff without downloading the app. So do that, which is available now on iPhones and uh, the green texters over there with the droids. Um, so, which, by the way, can't be trusted. I said it. I stand by it. That's where I'm at. So, again, thank you for watching again. The Mojo Market Report back tomorrow. The NBA is back tomorrow. And, of course, if any of these franchise tags get applied, we will have it first tomorrow morning. So, for Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci, A5, Behind the Glass, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. See you guys back here tomorrow.